0: You know, we just have exhausted everything. We, we tried every way possible to make it work. And all I'm going to say is, uh, you know, it's disappointing. I'm really proud, really proud of our players, our coaches, our owner, our front office. We did everything we could to make this work. I, I'm sorry it didn't. Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. What
1: is up Raider Nation? It is time for what I hope is the final edition of the Antonio Brown Saga Special Edition Vegas Nation Podcast brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Stations Casino. Guys, we have had quite a whirlwind of the past 72 hours, and I'm joined here with Miles Simmons, uh, who was out in Alameda at the headquarters for the Raiders, where they held a practice today with out Antonio Brown, and also Adam Hill is in the house. We are going to get down to the bottom of everything that went down between Antonio Brown and the Raiders, and we will get into where he is now with the Patriots. But first, I want to remind you to find the podcast here on VegasNation.com, the Vegas Nation app, or ReviewJournal.com slash podcast, and anywhere else you find your podcast. and leave us comments. And we're going to have to get to this Twitter uh, question that you put out there, Miles, about the Raiders at some point, because we're getting a ton of responses. But first, Miles, tell me what the last 72 hours has been like for you.
0: Terrible. <laughs> Is that like terrible, like Charles <laughs> Barkley? <or laughs> no, like legitimately bad. Like, yeah. like, honestly. I mean, it because... I woke up this morning, so we are recording this what, Saturday, September seventh, right? That's and correct. I woke up this morning to maybe four or five texts on um, that said, Miles, wake up, ha, Antonio Brown. And this is at seven thirty, right? So I saw that I saw, you know, like I've had a bunch of text messages as I rolled over, I know, and woke up at what I <laughs> thought would be a reasonable hour in, uh, you know, the morning on a Saturday. And I thought, why could all of these people be texting me? I definitely am not this popular. And it occurred to me, oh, bleep, it's Antonio Brown. So, of course, you know, you open Instagram and you see that he has requested his release via Instagram, which is bizarre to be kind of kind about it and then you know you start writing and then i gotta go and i try to hop in the shower and get ready to go to the facility and then while i'm in the shower he gets released so yeah that's been my day uh how how did you guys find out about the the whole thing with antonio brown
2: Uh, i mean pretty much similar way i i was you know i was scrolling instagram right when i woke up i saw uh the post and i was like what is going on? Like what, like it was one of those things where you're half asleep. You're like, is this from two days ago? Like, I, I don't even know when this was posted. And then yeah, all hell started to break loose. I think I was one of those texts that you had on your phone. Like, what are we going to do now? You this, are. Is, this is insanity. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it, it's life covering Antonio Brown. I mean, it's been crazy. And you said the last couple of days have been terrible. Like I'll, I'll say right out front, like I'm going to miss covering Antonio Brown. I won't for the next couple of days, It'll be nice to just like breathe and actually cover football. But I think down the road you'd be like, Oh, remember those days? They were fun. I I, I said last night, remember, remember how crazy it was to cover Antonio Brown's frostbite? <laughs> And that was like the most normal story of the offseason. Yeah, Adam, I uh, you two
1: both, uh, I was up for the UFC, UFC 242 that happened in Abu Dhabi, so it had an early start time. So I got up at seven and I saw this and I was just like, what in the hell is going on? Because, you know, last night we saw that he had asked for the release and then just all the unfolding drama, which first of all, we have to get into this video, you guys, that oh. he made with John Gruden and uh, using their conversation to basically promote his brand and his name and uh, to he, probably he start get, a lawsuit.
2: He might get an <laughs> Emmy. I, I, I think it was very well produced. I think the cinematography on it was fantastic. Uh, I, 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 for one, am all in support of the video. I hope there's more videos down the road. I mean, I just watched his reaction video uh, to you know learning that he was cut from the Raiders, which uh, I'm not sure if it was on YouTube or World Star. I'm not really uh quite sure about where that was it was it's insanity the whole thing the whole thing is crazy like this is how crazy the last couple of days have been because we you know we're, we're joking about it and you know as reporters to try to cover this like we did a podcast I, i'm what was it, i think it was thursday yeah that's only two day, that's 48 hours ago we did a podcast where i said i don't think antonio brown ever plays a snap for the raiders yesterday i had so many people coming after me oh never gonna play huh never you're wrong what an idiot this, this is all in the span of 48 hours. Yeah. I went from saying something to getting criticized for it, saying I was wrong, to then being right. It's not even 48 hours later.
1: Right, and Miles and I actually did one, but you had to go and do your other show that you do. So you could have been on here yesterday, and it's just been like a constant like need to update with what's going on with everything. And uh, the reaction video, I mean... It, Production quality wise obviously wasn't as great as the John Gruden call video no. but uh, I did appreciate the the immediate kind of look in at how he's reacting if that wasn't staged I I, I, had I to felt be. it felt slightly
2: staged Miles come on staged or oh, no Of course
0: Of course it was staged. The whole thing has been staged. And you know what? I I just got to say this, man. Like, I think the entire Antonio Brown experience is just so unprofessional. You, You watch him, and all he's done is just act ugly and make a mess and just, like, throw excrement on the walls in two teams, in two cities now, and he's gotten out of it both times. This is ridiculous, and honestly, I think that the Raiders did a terrible job of handling getting rid of him, because think about what they could have done. They could have just suspended him, right? They could have sent him a five-day letter, which would have, been, which would have meant, okay, he has to report back to the Raiders Otherwise, he's suspended for the entire 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Why it is that you, instead of just doing one of those things, you release him and you get rid of the headache, yes, but you just allowed him to get exactly what he wanted after he had signed a contract with you. I don't like it. It just it doesn't make sense to me. But as somebody – okay, I'll put it this way. It does make sense because he just became such a big headache that you just had to get rid of him. And obviously you had to get rid of him. But there's a way that you could have done it that at least would have been a little bit advantageous for you. And there's a part of me that's a little surprised that the Raiders didn't go down that path. And there's another part of me that's like, of course this happened because this is what always happens for the New England Patriots. The Patriots get whoever the hell they want. And, they, and their entire league has to deal with it. So that's where we are.
2: You're, you're completely right about all of that. I, I will say the one thing, because when you say, you know, they gave them what they want, which is what they did, um, all those things that you said would have been punitive measures to say, okay, you want out of here? Screw you. We're sending you this letter. We're going we're gonna to put you on suspended list when you don't show up for five days. We're not going to have to pay you, but you're still going to be part of our, you know, under contract with us and all those other things. Like you're punishing him for that, but then you're still having to deal with it. Like I think by by doing this, like yes, you're giving him what he wants. You're allowing him to kind of tantrum his way out of of the contract and really not lose anything because he's eventually going to get 15 million with incentives from the Patriots, the same that he would have got anyway. And then he'll be a free agent next season. And if he's in line and does everything well uh, with New England, then he's still going to get a massive deal next year. Like he's really not going to lose anything from this. But if you keep him around and he's a distraction and you know, we are doing our job every day by asking John Gruden and Mike Mayock every time we talk to them about <laughs> Antonio Brown and why he's still here, why he's still part of the team, even though he's not under, even though he's not allowed to play, like all those other things. Like I don't know how conducive that is to going forward. So yes, their hand was forced, and yes, they gave him what they want. But I don't know what doing those punitive measures would have done for you in your attempt to move forward, except maybe make you look stronger, which maybe that is worth it. Maybe maybe it's worth it to just say, hey, we're not going to be pushed around, I guess. But I don't think they want to answer Antonio Brown questions every day for the rest of the season.
0: I don't know. I think that there's a there's a part of me that says, who cares what questions you have to answer? Sometimes you just need to do those things. Although I, I what you're saying to me, though, let me say this, makes a total sense, Adam. And I think that that's probably the approach that they started to take. Like, he is not worth this. No. Right? When you see on – uh, last night, when he releases this really, really well-produced video that has j- uh, ostensibly John Gruden talking, because it could be John Gruden, it could also not be John Gruden. I think it's John Gruden, <laughs> Allegedly. but even when <laughs> well, right? But even when he was asked today about it, John Gruden like kind of laughed and was like, ah, ha, ha. "Could have been Frank Caliendo," <laughs> and didn't exactly confirm that that was a conversation that he had in fact had with Antonio Brown. But I think that it is. Anyway. He like the voice of Gruden is saying, you know, just can you just stop all this bleep and just play football? Like, and I think all of us were thinking that at that time. I certainly was because I'll be honest with you, I was really tired of just chasing around this guy, chasing news about this guy, and so. From that standpoint, when it becomes clear that no, he cannot just play football—at least he can't just play football for the Raiders—then yeah, I guess you really just have to get rid of him in some way. But I—I I don't know. It just seems to me that like, maybe it's just because I'm annoyed that he went right to the Patriots and he got exactly what he wanted because he just acted ugly. Like it—I don't know. It just—it just—it just rubs me the wrong way, man. It just totally rubs me the wrong way.
2: I also—I also can't wait until. They're one in five and you you say to me in the press box one day or at the practice field, like, God it'd be nice to write like an Antonio Brown being goofy story right now. (laughs) It'd be nice to have that instead of covering a one in five team.
0: If if that if I say that you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out something that you can do if I say that. I, I do not plan on saying that. <laughs>
1: well, okay. Um, Let's break down the timeline, though, because something I wanted to uh, get to the bottom of was did the Raiders, in fact, contact Drew Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown's agent? I've seen this kind of float around, but I'm not sure that this is what happened. So I wanted to see if either of you know um, if he was contacted before Antonio Brown's apology on Friday and told that the guaranteed money in his contract. Contract would be voided as it was at that point. So at that point, basically Antonio Brown's going in apologizing, knowing that the the thirty million is a hit. Is that something that we know was already told to him before the apology? Or well, I
2: don't. I, I think the the bottom line on that is that they didn't have to. I mean, he knows as well as anybody. Once they impose that discipline, they have the right to go after it. Right. So I mean, I, I think he's smart enough to know without having that conversation that that was what they were angling for. It was clear. We talked about uh, on, when we first saw these letters on Wednesday, basically all those letters are is, is a legal paper trail down the road to say, here's what happened. We had we had these issues. We had to find them. This is what went on. Th- that's all those letters are for. Um, so I, I think Rosenhaus kind of knew. He probably explained it to him. And they're, I'm positive on some level, even though it's illegal according to the rules of – the NFL under the CBA I'm positive that Rosenhaus was talking to other teams and saying Mm -hmm. if this happens Mm -hmm. if the contract is voided if we're run out what is the market and I'm sure he knew what it was and so like did he know those things I don't I'm sure he did was it explicitly laid out by the Raiders I'm not sure about how that worked but uh, I'm sure he knew exactly what the situation was
1: yeah. So in other words, he knew the Patriots were looking at him and that he could play there instead
2: well, of Derek Carr. Well, I don't think Derek we can explicitly say that. <laughs> I'm sure he knew what the market was, we could say. The
0: thing is, when you think uh, – maybe this is like a wild theory, and so I've got on tinfoil hat here, so picture that, all of you listening. <laughs> but if De- – uh, excuse me uh, – Antonio Brown got to the Raiders, he was happy for a little while, then he started practicing with these guys, right? Maybe he gets to training camp and he's like, you know what? They're not going to be very good. And (laughs) then he just decides, you know what? Bleep this. I'm just going to act ugly. I'm going to throw crap all over the walls until, and I'm just going to keep doing it, even though you tell me to stop, even though you tell me, you know, I'm going to find (laughs) you. Find me. I'm posting it on Instagram. Hey, like, I'm going to now make an even bigger mess. And then he knows that he can force himself out because he knows that there's maybe a winner that will be there for him. I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility as I now take my tinfoil hat off and put my reporter hat right back on that this is something that could have happened. Because when it's five hours after somebody releases you that you are with the defending you know, Super Bowl champions, <laughs> There's maybe somebody should look into that, right? I, I don't know.
2: I mean, I I think I went one step further with my tinfoil hat and I tweeted and it was more of a joke, but uh, as – as everything in my life does, it relates to Seinfeld, but there was an, there was an episode of Seinfeld where the Mets wanted to hire George Costanza away from the Yankees and they couldn't just hire him because it would be tampering and they wouldn't be able to go hire him away from a team. So they told him to do everything he could to get fired from the Yankees. He started dragging the world series trophy around. He was wearing Babe Ruth's pants uh, from the Yankee museum, Uh, everything he could do to get fired so that the Mets would be able to hire him. Like, In my mind, Belichick was like, hey, go create chaos out there. We need to bring you in. That's the only way we can get you. And that's, again, a complete and total conspiracy. But I like to think that it's true.
1: Let's talk about some of the possible reaction that we could expect here um, from the Raiders. Because I want to hypothesize what Derek Carr might say about Antonio Brown's tweet of bumper cars Meaning that he and his brother David had been doing some conversation about Antonio Brown. That's what I interpreted that tweet to mean. I can't imagine it would mean anything else. So uh, Derek Carr is generally a very nice, well-spoken guy in front of the media, very even temperament. Do we expect any crazy reaction from him?
0: Certainly not. I I mean, he's a quarterback, right? And quarterbacks are always going to be measured in what they say. Now, I do sort of wish that we had been hearing directly from Derek Carr instead of through really an intermediary as his brother on NFL Network, right? I I think especially because Derek Carr was in the locker room today, and we were told as he came back in that he was not going to be talking, and that's fine. He certainly has that right. I mean, he's a quarterback. He speaks one time a week, but I just think – it would have been nice to hear directly from Derek Carr um, since, you know, he had been nothing but supportive. Um, and, you know, I I, mean, I totally respect Derek Carr not talking, but I think that, you know, it just it just would have been nice to hear from the quarterback in that particular situation. And he doesn't have to, but
2: he could have. Right. But he's essentially just sending out press releases. I mean, through his brother, that's what he's doing. And, and they're not it's not. It's not like they're being secretive about it. I, I think that's that's the one thing I'll say about this is, like, if it was just some secret thing, if it was some random person in the media and Derek Carr was feeding him things to get it out there and not talking to the media locally, but, hey, I'm going to feed this to whoever, um, you know, whatever national reporter, and it's coming out saying, oh, a source close to the team said, like, that would be a little bit different to me than, in this case, it's basically his brother going on TV, serving as his mouthpiece and saying explicitly – I talked to Derek this morning. Here is what he said. I think they're being pretty open about it. It just, it clearly rubbed Antonio Brown the wrong way. And, you know, we saw the other day he unfollowed the Raiders and Derek Carr on Instagram and then refollowed the Raiders, but not Carr. Like, that was pretty telling of where they are. I haven't checked today. I'm sure he unfollowed the Raiders as well now. Oh, he did, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think that was incredibly telling that when he did refollow the Raiders, he did not refollow Derek Carr. And, you know, I, it, it was pretty clear that that relationship was, was heading in the wrong way, even though Derek Carr com- continued to say how close they were and uh, how they've played well off the field. And here's the other thing. It, listen, it's part of the job, we understand. But how many times John Gruden was asked, how many times Mike Mayak was asked, how many times Derek Carr was asked about the distractions and about everything that's going on, and how many times they basically said, you're inventing this. You guys, the media, are inventing this story. No, no, we weren't. And by the way, it's the same thing to the readers out there, to the fans out there. like no these things are not invented. There's a reason that storylines are storylines. This was something that was going on. And it, and it was bubbling over all the time, and it was distracting the team. It was bothering the team. It certainly had been an issue for a while. And now it just has has reached that, you know, that point where they couldn't deal with it anymore. But uh, I, I think it it would absolutely not be surprising if it was, something that antonio brown was like i i need to do this i need to get out and this is my way out and the
0: other thing is it wasn't blown out of proportion either that's the uh, that's the phrase that like gets on my nerves a little bit oh man like all these things you're saying they're blowing it out of proportion it's blown out of proportion he's just a wide receiver it's blown out of proportion freaking von miller said that on the conference call the other day no it's not blown out of proportion when you're yelling at a gm In practice right you're posting your fines on Instagram when you ask on Instagram to be released when you recorded your head coach uh, with uh, ostensibly your head coach with a conversation put it on a two-minute YouTube video in a two-party consent state I don't really think any of these things are being blown out of proportion so
1: I love what Jonathan Abram had to say on Twitter, and he put this out just about a little over an hour ago. He says In today's world, the worst drug there is is called attention. <coughs> Rookie wisdom, people. <laughs> Wait,
2: who tweeted that out?
1: Jonathan Abram, mean, the safety
2: of the Oakland Raiders. You mean the, star of, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the star, star of Hard Knocks? Yeah. The star of Hard Knocks is just talking about other people getting attention? Okay, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And our website, man, VegasNation.com. Uh, don't forget that. Che- yeah, you can also check out our one-on-one series with Jonathan Abram. Good plug.
1: All right, well, let's get into some of these tweets, Miles, because you had put out before we started recording, if anyone had Raiders questions, and I am sure we are going to get Get to as many as we can here. Um, on my timeline, we have a lot of responses to it. And the first one, and I got to ask this one first, from uh, Alfredo at Halicon Ram says, Thus far, how does covering the Raiders compare to covering the Rams, Miles?
0: Oh, Alfredo's my guy, man. He, he's been a long time tweeter. Uh, so I, I think. The the way the biggest difference is I'm covering this team for a media outlet and not covering the a team for a team, right? So, like, that was my job. My previous job was being an in-house beat writer. And I think obviously the biggest difference is that you were actually – you're actually covering the circus as it happens because had – you know, the guys that uh, work for the Raiders and do a great job um, with those team reporters, Eddie Pascal and uh, Kyle Martin, they're not – following every little detail as close as we are because when they put something out from the team, it it really is from the team and so it's almost like you're speaking for the team in in some way um here at the las vegas review journal we are certainly not doing that and i guess that to me would be the biggest difference right like when antonio brown just because antonio brown puts out a video last night does not mean you're going to write something for the team website but it certainly does when you are work um working for a media outlet other than that yeah it's it's just different in that they're very different teams. Sean McVay is a very different head coach than John Gruden. You know, Jared Goff is a very different quarterback, I think, than, than Derek Carr. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Great answer. I, I like the insight there. The next one comes from Steven Pincus. He says, so with A.B. gone, who moves into the number one wide receiver spot? He's guessing Tyrell Williams, and I have to agree with him that that's the only answer to that question. Well,
2: Kind of. of. So uh, Tyrell Williams will be the leading receiver on the team, but this will give him a ton of added attention from uh, secondary. So that's going to be an issue. The guy that played Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown was in there was J.J. Nelson. J.J. Nelson was the guy that was running those routes, playing that position that Antonio Brown's going to play, doing all of the Antonio Brown plays in place of Antonio Brown. So he becomes that guy in the offense most likely uh, because he's used to it, because they've used him there. Uh, because that's you know how they seem to be working things out. Tyrell Williams will be the more you know preferred target, but I don't know what Tyrell Williams does in an offense where he's the number one um, you know focus for game plans defensively. Uh, I, I don't know that it changes his his outlook very much. Um, I think Darren Waller is the guy who takes a massive step forward from a you know fantasy perspective in that regard. Uh, but J.J. Nelson is the one that's going to play Antonio Brown. Tyrell Williams will get more looks. But the attention will be there as well. Uh, So I think overall it just kind of downgrades everyone in the offense uh, except maybe Jacobs because I think they're going to try to focus on running the ball more uh, without Antonio Brown there and, as I said, Darren Waller. But I think it's going to be a mess in the passing game. Miles, what do you think?
0: I I totally agree with you, Adam. And I'm glad that you um, brought up the fact that J.J. Nelson was the one that really was playing Uh, Antonio Brown's position when Antonio Brown wasn't there, because that's kind of the thing about wide receivers, right? Like, we call them all wide receivers, but there are different positions at the wide receiver spot. In in the Gruden offense, you can talk about the X receiver as we get a little football nerdy, but that would be your Antonio Brown, because if you have a bunch of wide receiver sets where you've got three receivers on one side and one receiver on the other, your X is going to be the one that's isolated, and that would be Antonio Brown. Now that's going to be J.J. Nelson, and there's going to be probably A huge difference in the types of coverages that you see because of that, right? Like that's not – when you have Antonio Brown isolated on one side, he's going to get doubled on that side. And that's going to allow more uh, wide receivers to get open on the other side. Now I don't know how much you're going to double J.J. Nelson because – Is he a little bit of a one-note Samba receiver? I mean he's very, very fast. He does run nine routes very well, but how does he do on the underneath stuff? That's going to be something that we'll have to see. But yeah, I think Tyrell Williams, the best classification would be he'll be the leading receiver probably, but he won't be the same receiver that you would see Antonio Brown be in that scheme.
1: And so, Jared W., we kind of answered that in this last one here, but he wants to know, and I love his handle, it's at Bruce Leroy Glow, show enough, the Shogun of Harlem. He wants to know how much a factor Darren Waller will be with Antonio Brown gone.
2: Well, there you go. I guess uh, I already kind of started to get into that yeah, one. I, yeah. I definitely think, listen, uh, and I'll, I'll speak about this because it seems like um, people are interested more from a fantasy perspective, and that is how I look at a lot of different things that happen uh, in the NFL sometimes. So, um, I, listen... He now becomes a much more viable. We, we talk about top 12s, usually it's 12 team leagues, a much more viable top 12 guy. I know most fantasy leagues he was going off at like, you know, 19 to 23 range. I thought that was way too low. I thought that was pretty crazy because I I think the Raiders have always, uh, John Gruden, when he's had a tight end that's a receiving threat, has always kind of like that. We saw it with Jared Cook last year, certainly uh, in the Raiders system. We saw it in the past uh, with John Gruden when he was. Uh, coaching back with the Bucks and uh, with the Raiders, so he likes to get tight ends involved. And Darren Waller is purely a receiving tight end. He's a guy that's going to be involved in the passing game. So, uh, yeah, I think this this of all of the all of the guys uh, on the offense, I think his value uh, goes with the most. And I think you see, um, you know, a, a more and more of a breakout potential from Darren Waller. Again, though, I mean, as much as he is going to be targeted and he's going to be a focal point, like it would have looked a lot better if there's a lot of attention over on Antonio Brown and Darren Waller just running down the middle of the field on his own. Uh, this does kind of change that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Even with the six, six frame, I still think like you, what you just said is a hundred percent, right. When Antonio Brown's on the field, you have to double up on him. You have to worry about him. This definitely changes the landscape for defenders coming in. Um, We also have one here from Jason at Coach J Ram eighty one. I have a new favorite path for the Raiders. He says Gruden quits after Raiders go three and thirteen because he can't take the losing and is an awful GM. Got his twenty million. Raiders hire Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley to be the new head coach to start in Vegas. Who's with me? I don't know. After what I saw, you know, no, I I don't know. After I saw with Harbaugh um, just today with that Michigan Army game, maybe not.
2: No, don't take Harbaugh away from us. I'm a Michigan fan, just so people know. But, yeah, don't don't take it. He's, every year people keep trying to take him away. He He's happy in Ann Arbor. He's good. Uh, Michigan had a close game because of the referees, but it's okay. Um,
0: because of referees. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they scored
2: a touchdown that the referee somehow decided to not count, and then it became uh. a close game. Um, I'm still baffled by what happened there. Uh, but, yeah. They avoid the upset, though. They the All right, guys. <laughs> uh, it's it's turning into a, turning Back into a, turning into a Michigan podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> listen, I I said I thought before the se- before this season uh, when people were asking about John Gruden have a ten year deal and coming to Las Vegas and everything, I said I don't think it's a one hundred percent slam dunk. He's still with the team next year. Uh, I, I didn't think that going into the season. I I certainly think now you start to look around a little more and say. What you know? What is his mindset going to be? They were four and twelve last year. What is it going to be if they are three and thirteen, four and twelve again? Uh, I think there might be optimism there that would keep him around and keep him. Co- the Raiders aren't going to fire him. That's not going to happen. If he leaves, it'll be because he wants to leave. And so at the end of this year, he, I'm sure he'll reevaluate. Say, okay, the franchise is moving. I probably want to be a part of going to Las Vegas. That's historic. Also, we did say that they got a lot younger. They went from you know. The oldest team in the league to uh, one of the younger teams. They've got a ton of guys—18 guys between the active roster and the um, and the practice squad—who are rookies. So I think there's a lot of guys that he wants to work on developing. Uh, I also think there's you know things that he wants to do with the quarterback position. I know. Uh, certainly he's you know talked to, about a relationship with Carr. I think this is kind of a make-or-break year for him and where he goes. Uh, do they move on to another quarterback, and then he gets the excitement of having a new quarterback to work with, or does he make enough progress with Carr that he wants to keep working with him? I think those are all questions to answer, but I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that he's not with the team next year. Miles?
0: Uh, I don't know. You really think he's <laughs> going to give up like $80 million? That's a lot of money, right? Like,
2: How mu- well, I mean, he's not giving up eighty million. He would give up whatever you know, ten million a year minus whatever ESPN is well, going to pay him to come back.
0: Okay, fair, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, Adam. I don't. Would you
2: take? Would you? Okay. Uh, uh, listen, I, I'm not saying it's you know, I'm not saying it's likely that he doesn't come back. But if you looked at the end of the year and you have a three of thirteen season, and you've decided that Carr's not your guy, and you're gonna have to start over with somebody else. And you're looking at moving in, moving the franchise to somewhere new and there's not a whole lot of, you know, reason for optimism for whatever reason at the end of the season. And ESPN said, All right, come back and do five five million. And you look and say, ten million to grind every day, work, you know, eighteen hour days in the film room and lose, or five million to work one day a week and call some games. I, I would think you would at least think about it.
0: Okay, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I would entertain that, definitely. Especially given the fact that you would not Uh, you you wouldn't have to do all the things you have to do as a head coach. So, and you wouldn't have nearly as much stress, but I think that Gruden knows what the booth is like. And I think he probably feels like I can go back and do that anytime I want. But if I don't, do something as a head coach, I'll never be able to coach again. And I think, like, just the, the the vibe you get around John Gruden and even seeing him on Hard Knocks, like, he loves coaching football. He loves being around the game. He loves being in control, I think, of a team and helping helping to steer a team to success. I, I think he really wants to see the Raiders successful, and I think he really wants to be a part of it. And that's why that's the only reason why, in the first place, you would sign a 10-year deal, so that you would get, like, at least five years out of it, Right. So I don't know. That that's the way I would see it, but I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm not. I'm not betting on it. I'm, and I'm not saying there's even a great chance. But if you want to put it at like 20% that he leaves, like I'd I'd be willing to listen to that.
1: All right, guys, that is it for us today because we are running out of time here. We are up against the clock. So, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to put Antonio Brown and everything else that he's done with the Raiders to bed. Have we got it all out? Is there anything no. left that, e- that we need to discuss? Are there any demons we need to exercise? No, I think
2: I I'm <laughs> actually think Miles might not be with me on this, so maybe we'll have to do it without him. But I think, like, not even next week, like, I'm saying, like, after week two or week three, we just kind of sit down and have, like, a. Remember Antonio Brown?
1: (laughs) I was really looking forward. I I do a lot of the photo for those who don't know. And I was actually really looking forward to shooting him as a subject on the field. Video. (laughs) We say that in in the the photog world. Yes. I was looking forward to photographing him doing many things in football.
2: Maybe they'll play the (laughs) Patriots. Oh, I think they play the Patriots next year.
1: There you go. So if he, you know, it's a one-year deal. We'll see what happens after this year. (laughs) At this point, nothing's guaranteed when it comes to Antonio Brown as the Raiders had to learn the hard way. And uh, too bad Hard Knocks wasn't around for an extra month. It would have been great material to have all this. But you guys can find everything Vegas Nation related on the Vegas Nation app, VegasNation.com, ReviewJournal.com slash podcast. We're brought to you by STN Sports Mobile, by Stations Casino Online. We'll be back Monday night talking about this game against the Denver Broncos that is coming up for the Raiders. 720 on Pacific time is the kickoff. So check back with us after the game and we will have a new podcast for you there. All right, find Adam on Twitter at Adam Hill, LVRJ. Miles is at Miles A. Simmons for both of the guys. I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening.